Wait, that's a thing? Never heard of it. Oh, you have no idea. This is Haven Space, a safe place for fantasies. Brought to you by sex coach and researcher Sarah Perry. Hi, folks. Thanks for joining me again. This is Sarah Perry. And today we're going to be discussing the fetish of mothers. It seemed entirely appropriate because it was just Mother's Day, but it's also a super, super common fetish. By the end of today's podcast, you should expect to know a little bit more about MILF and GILF fetishes, why people have them, what they're related to. You should know um, sometimes what it can say about someone's personality according to certain studies um, and how to make it happen for yourself in a way that's consensual and respectful. So let's get started. So what it is, well, the fetish that I'm talking about specifically is a fetish that involves um, a, a person who is a mature woman typically and has children. Um, sometimes this could also be a grandmother, but that's actually technically a different fetish, except for the fact that grandmothers also have children. Um, it is very linked to just fetishes of mature women, and I'm going to kind of discuss what it's looking like in terms of um, connections to your own other fetishes, but a lot of what I say can kind of be put into both categories, mature women and mothers. So take it with a grain of salt. You could fit into some of these categories or neither, um, and that's completely acceptable. Remember also that when we look at um, studies, that studies are typically surveys and therefore already have all of these like pre-designed biases. So when I'm telling you information about studies that's, that are out there, always keep in mind that someone had to be able to access the survey. So already the demographic is smaller than what we consider. Um, someone had to have access to the survey, so the ability to read, potentially access to the internet, um, and that Typically, people that complete surveys online are a specific type of person also. So realize that not everything that I say can be kind of magnified into other cultures and other people too. Um, so MILF fetishes are actually the third most popular search term on Pornhub. It was last year, according to the studies that they put out. 88% of men say that they have fantasized about mothers. Um, but remember what I'm telling you about the, the ways we break down um, these populations of 88%. Um, also, we don't know who's filling these out. But for example, um, say theoretically a lot of men are also parents. They're could be some attraction simply to the fact that they appreciate someone who also takes care of children and like their dynamic and how that makes them a different type of person, right? Um, another big link to this type of fetish would be the realization that women who are already mothers typically are not looking to start a family or to get married quickly. They tend to already have an established family. Um, and this also provides this kind of, um, break in how relationships tend to be carried nowadays where the the idea is that women push for stable relationships and long-term commitments and men don't want it so the fetish regarding milfs already existing families takes away some of that pressure there's also a little bit of the possession fetish of wanting to take something that somebody else has and if somebody is already a mother you know they could have potentially a family and then an affair that's established on that. 
So what other categories can this fit into? It can definitely fit into power play dynamics, incest play, um, although a lot of MILF fantasies don't necessarily have to do with someone wanting to fuck their own mother. Um, the most common link would be a stepmother. And it makes perfect sense because for a lot of us, we grew up watching our parents court and get married to other people. I know at least in my generation, it's extremely common to have had parents in multiple marriages. So it is normal for a child to then romanticize the partner that their parents courted, especially because they got to see them in a romantic light, potentially got to hear their parent talk about wonderful things about them and romantic things they were going to do with them. And that is something that is lost on generations that have had parents that have stayed together. Um, let's see. Additionally, it can be linked to things of like courtship, the idea that a woman could be the one that initiates. Um, it also could be a subset of a form of BDSM and um, same as incest play could be like a power differential dynamic that is super enjoyable. Um, this is a little bit different than lactation fetishes, but um, of course, when I talk about lactation, I mean breast milk, but a lot of times they're very easily related. Um, so keep that in mind. Just because you think moms are hot does not mean you want to drink breast milk, but a lot of people tend to do that also, and apparently there is a great link between the two. There's also the idea that mothers and mature women in media, but also in porn itself, have been portrayed as more aggressive, they have been portrayed as more experienced, more emotionally stable, um, they've been portrayed into more powerful, and all of those qualities together are actually really attractive to people in general. So it makes sense that because something has already been portrayed a certain way, then it becomes attractive to us also. Other reasons people like it, um, it tends to be that mature women and specifically mothers are very good at initiating uh, direction and dictating rhythm of interaction and that can make a lot of men very comfortable. Um, so in a study by Justin Lamilt from Kinsey Institute, and I'm so sorry, Justin, if I said your name wrong, um, we realize that there is a link between sexual submissiveness and milf fetishes, um, for sex, humiliation, these types of like really BDSM submission, um, are also highly, um, seen in studies where people like milf fetishes too, um, a lot of the relationship that we're seeing also has to do with anxiety attachments, which means people who feel insecure in their own relationships, sometimes even in their own relationships with their parents. It would make sense because as humans, we have sex to create bonds, among other reasons, but we do use it as a bond building moment that someone who feels anxiety over certain relationships could try to then, to then fetishize that and play that out in a way that creates bonds that are more secure. Um, you can find milf fetishes essentially everywhere. Um, definitely portrayed in movies. Um, there's the famous Stifler's mom scene, which I don't know if you've seen American Pie recently, but everyone looks ridiculously young. And actually, I just looked back at it and thought Stifler's mom was not only super attractive, but ridiculously young. So our idea at the time of what is a MILF is a little bit different. Ironically though, 
people don't tend to fetishize their wives when their wives are becoming mothers. There's this, um, we kind of switch our minds into this place where we're growing families and our uh, focus is not to be crazy ripping each other's clothes off, but in fact to create calm, peace, um, bond together. And a lot of times there is a lot of kind of resentment that happens in the first few years. I like to say that it should be illegal to get a divorce in the first three years of a child's life because everybody deals with a lot of difficulty coming to terms with what it means to be parents, even if you were already parents, because every child completely switches the whole family dynamic. But in this case, it's so interesting that we tend to fetishize somebody else's kid's mom instead of our own children's mother. Um, a lot of times because what we see of somebody else's mom is probably a more put together person, is probably not messy bun person or um, haven't taken a shower in the morning or haven't done the dishes in two days. And those are the sides that we see of the partners that we have. And that can be a little bit unattractive. Um, so let's see. I like to say that it's very important when we're talking to people about ways that we fetishize them to not objectify that they're going to fit into some role that we had in mind for them. So especially when it comes to things like this, do not approach people that you don't know and let an app act like you're going to like them simply because they're a mother. That's not how the world works. Everyone's different and everyone is valuable and deserves to be seen for who they are. So we should not go around telling people, oh, I've always wanted to have sex with a hot mom and that's why I want to have sex with you. No one feels good about that. Even if it's a hookup, there's no reason that your hook hookups have to be disrespectful or objectified. You can have hookups with people who are looking for the exact same thing as you are and will still love and respect you even if it's just for one moment and you never see them again. And that's what we need to be doing, right? Um, so be super transparent about your intentions, but not in a way that's objectifying someone. Um, maybe you could potentially tell someone, give them an idea of where you would like it to go. If you do feel that it's safer to have sex with someone who is an established mother, because they're not going to want a relationship, make sure you communicate that because there are people out there who have established families and still would like to have another person join that family. So communicating what your intentions are and what you would like things to look like in the future is a super, super critical part of relating to other people. So get to know people for who they are not the idea of what you're looking for in someone. Don't pick someone based on like this checklist of categories that they fit into. Find someone that you click with and have that be as enjoyable as it can be just because it is. Also, remember a lot of times when we fetishize certain things, that fetish comes from an idea that we've already had about something, potentially a hot stepmom, but also potentially some other attractive woman or a scene on American Pie when you were a teenager. And the reality is that people don't fit into those categories the way that we think they do. They just kind of exist and we try to pigeonhole them into these things that we expect of them, but we shouldn't. We should hold people in a little bit more space and let them kind of self-define what they are and what they need and then see if that's something that fits for us or if that's convenient for us. So of course, 
as always. Um, how to be safe would be go get tested anytime that you are having sex with someone new, even with a condom. It's important to know your status and it's important to share your status. If you can't have a conversation about how recently you were tested, then you shouldn't be having sex with that person, period. It doesn't matter how old you are and it doesn't matter how long you've been dating them either. Um, remember that you should always have consent and respect when having conversations. Remember that when we deal with disrespect from people, we should hold them in positive regard because most of the time, people really are doing the best they can. And sometimes the best they can is kind of shitty and they don't have the tools to really give us anything better. Um, a lot of the reason that people choose older women and MILFs inside of their fantasies, but in also relationships, is because they tend to be more emotionally balanced. So this idea that we have that older women um, kind of have more experience, but also can let things go a little bit easier because they know and they've been through a lot, remember to beware of that. Because just because someone fits into some category does not mean that they fulfill all of those roles. That doesn't mean that you are now safe and you will have no drama in your relationship. That doesn't mean that you will have no jealousy um, or potential like hormonal and mental imbalances completely unrelated to age and completely unrelated to gender, mind you. But people are people and there's going to be people of every age and every gender that explore themselves and, and communicate a little differently than what you expected. So I think that that is critical anytime we're talking about engaging in sex or in romance with other people. I also want to point out that we have realized a pattern when it comes to relationships that starts very, very early on. And typically, the pattern is that largely related to the fact that we segregate sex ed classes, we end up not teaching kids how to please partners. Yes, I know it sounds weird, right? How? Why would you teach your kid how to give someone else sexual pleasure? Well, because of this reason specifically. You grow up not wanting to engage with the opposite sex because there isn't enough information about how to please people. So what ends up happening is you have boys that end up dating much younger girls because they don't have any experience and those younger girls don't have any experience either and that's like an even match. But as they get older, they never get the confidence to start dating people their own age. And you have these really objectified, really sexualized relationships where there isn't context because when we're talking about a two, three year difference, if you're a teenager, when you're an adult, it becomes 10, 20 years differences. And yes, there are people of every age that are mature and can connect amazingly. But it tends to be that the pattern is that because they dated younger women when they were younger, then men grow up to date younger and younger women of a less mature status than them or a less intellectual level than them. Why? Because these women are what they're used to. They're used to someone who is satisfied with someone who is just slightly more mature. So they kind of fall back into these patterns, but then they lead to really um, dysfunctional marriages where there isn't any honesty, there isn't any kind of symbiosis, um, and people can sometimes struggle to find a balance after that, kind of getting out of that mindset. So the idea here is that potentially MILF fetishes are a way to kind of counteract that, get to a point in your life where you say, 
the younger women I'm bored with and now I'm going to go with someone who stimulates me intellectually and can show me something different. What I, what drives me crazy though is the dichotomy, the fact that we have to like put things against each other so that they make sense. We shouldn't have to do that, right? We shouldn't have to date someone because they're the opposite of what we've had. Um, everyone is dynamic and everyone is valuable and Young people are not always insecure and not always immature, and older people are not always secure and mature. So remember that every time you are turning a fetish into an interaction, and also keep in mind that the fetishes you have are never the exact same thing that you expect when they actually happen. So if you're interested in finding someone who has children, join one of the websites that um, has something about it, maybe adult friend finder. There are plenty of websites, especially as you're scrolling through like Pornhub, a nude Vista that are going to have ads pop up that are like, this is, um, a dating site for MILFs. If you have to pay, um, if you have to pay like annually for something, make that a red flag. That's the way that they get you to have to commit, right? If someone really doesn't care or has a good product, they'll likely offer you um, a free trial or maybe even you can pay for a month and then cancel at any time. So a lot of sites like SDC, which are swinger sites, um, Cassidy, K-A-S-I-D-I-E, um, those sites typically offer a free trial. So that's a good flag, right? That's the green flag where we think, okay, I'm going to be able to get on the site and if I can find someone um, and if I don't like it, I can leave. That's what we want to be looking for. Don't subscribe to some site where it's like clickbait and really they're preying on the idea that you're already into this, you're already turned on, you're going to click on this thing and subscribe, right? Um, of course, I don't judge you if you just go ahead and click on the thing and subscribe. And I think it's completely acceptable to um, even have like online interactions with people that you find sexy. In fact, if you're looking for online interactions with people, on Reddit, you can go to adult pen pals and find all kinds of people from every type of fetish and walk of life who just want to online have sexy talk with people and the added benefit that they actually like you and are actually enjoying it. I don't think there's anything wrong with sex work. I don't think there's anything wrong with having conversations that are getting paid to have a conversation with you. But if part of the arousal is that the person is also into it, then it makes sense to go somewhere where you're not paying. So um, that's been our talk for today. Uh, just to recap, we talked about what MILF fetishes are. Uh, we talked a little bit about the data regarding MILF fetishes, how common it is. We talked about what categories it fits into, why people like it, what to beware about, um, how to prepare, where you could find it, how to be safe, and how to do it in a way that is consensual, that is um, honorable, and that is kind to other human beings. Um, try looking up search terms like MILF and GILF, uh, especially on Reddit, and if you look them up on any of the porn sites, you are sure to find plenty of porn that fulfills your needs. I look forward to seeing you next time. This has been another podcast of Haven Space. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram at Haven Space by Sarah and on Facebook at facebook.com slash Haven Space by Sarah. If you enjoyed this talk, consider becoming a patron and helping fund more talks like this in the future.